Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back. Welcome to the show. It is Wednesday. We're here. We're talking about one of the most classic films in the history of films, and I am your father. We're here to talk about Empire Strikes Back. We'll see you in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. Boom! Ha-ha! Nine, five, four plus three pennies. Guess who's back? What's up, everybody? Welcome back. The Empire is back. Yeah. See what I did there? It struck back. It struck back. <laughs> That's all the puns we've got. It's been ten seconds into the show. Let's do some improvisational comedy. Improvisational uh, How's everybody doing here on the show today? Well, you guys can't respond because we can't hear you, but we're doing great. It's nice to see everyone. Uh, it's Action Movie Anatomy. We're here on a Wednesday. We're talking uh, action movies on this show on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, all things movie-related, and uh, pop culture by the bucketful. We're talking about Empire Strikes Back today. Yeah, it's one of those movies that... Uh, you and I weren't sure if we or when we were going to cover this movie on the show, but we knew we were going to. Right. Well, I think what's funny is that we started with the formula where we were going to do like X number of movies in this one genre. And then it expanded and expanded. <clears throat> we started, you know, Star Wars and superheroes. And eventually it was just like, if it's a sweet movie that we love, yeah. <laughs> we're going to probably cover it. Like, we're going to probably cover Prisoners pretty soon. And that is not an action nope, movie. Nope, it's not at all. But you've been texting me incessantly <laughs> this week about how we just need to cover it. And I've, I've only said yes. Yeah, Prisoners I, is fantastic. Yeah, it's a very, very good film. Yeah, uh, yeah I was thinking about the other day because I was going back and looking at our catalog of episodes. Yeah. And I'm like... We used to say, like, proudly, like, we will never cover Star Wars on this show. We will never <laughs> cover superhero movies on this show because they suck compared to the movies we're going to cover. We right. didn't say it quite like that. And now this is, uh, this is the third Star Wars the film third we've covered. Third Star Wars film. We've covered about six superhero films. At least. At least. A Star Trek movie. A Star Trek. <laughs> yes, we have. Um, but I'm, I'm so excited to talk about this movie today, as, as is everyone that's yeah. watching the episode. Yeah, totally. I mean, this is one of the greatest films of all time. This is truly one of the greatest American films ever made. That's what that's what Empire Strikes Back is and needs to be respected and pointed out. So, guys, let's let's clear everything out of the way here to start the episode off. Uh, this is action movie. Anatomy. We talk about action movies on this show. Those action movies adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Now, tru- truly, Han Solo is the hero of Empire Strikes Back. He is, this is his movie. There's a Han Solo movie in theaters right now. It's nothing compared to this Han Solo movie, because this is the movie that he is the coolest he ever was, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, because it's interesting, because a lot of the, the the third act of Empire and Jedi yeah. are kind of focused on Luke and Vader just having a conversation, right? and then kind of the rest of the protagonist pushing the story forward and actually, actually fighting the war. Right. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if you even just think about, like, Han in the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie um sir your tongue tunnel freeze then i'll see you in hell yeah yeah and you're yeah. like you're like god damn this guy's sweet he's already saved luke's life twice by 20 minutes into uh, the movie he's like totally just like sexually harassing the princess yeah in a way that's not really appropriate anymore but at the time seemed really cool right and it's because they're in space <laughs> it seems it, i think it's the fact that leia is never she's never like a victim to it you yeah. know what i mean well and she's she just like him. lets yeah exactly she's Obviously, into it yeah. and she just kind of lets him because she knows that it, like Sure, I'll let Han feel good about himself. Yeah, like, right. That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> let go of me. He, like, doesn't let go. You're like, yeah, I mean, this is not totally appropriate. But... <laughs> I should let go. I should let go right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, he's just, he is just, like, in the 80s or the 70s, just, like, the definition of what you wanted, like, a scallywag, like, man to be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's, he is awesome. And I feel like he definitely plays by his own rules. Yeah, Han plays by his own rules. Um, and honestly, Luke plays by his own rules in this, too, because he's told not to go do what he does. Right. And, and he, tells, he does it. He tells his trainers to, to, to blow him and just yeah. get out. Yeah, I don't think he there. actually tells Yoda to blow him. 
Right. But he might. <laughs> I mean, maybe Chewbacca says that at some point. <laughs> um, we don't know. Uh, rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, what have you in the room. Uh, I mean, Han's not the smartest guy in the room because he gets conned. He gets tricked. Yeah. Um, Luke's not because he gets tricked. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because... <sighs> Yeah, and Vader definitely is. Vader's a because he knows the worst thing that can happen at the end of this film. Yeah, the end of this exchange is that he kills Luke Skywalker. That's the worst thing that can happen. The best thing is that he joins the dark side. Yeah, so I think that rule is totally void because I don't think that any of the Rebel Alliance are the smartest guys in the room. I don't think any of our heroes are. Like I literally, even Lando, the only one is is Yoda, and he's not really enough of a protagonist no. in the film. He's more like the sweet mentors yeah. that we covered. Rule number three, the movie is driven by police, military, political, mercenary, or Denzel Washington and the Taking of Hell and Movie 3 figure. <laughs> Could be working for the man or be the man. Um, yeah, they are uh, They are the rebellion. Yeah. They are the rebellion alliance. They are. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's totally legit. Um, mm-hmm. I had a dream about um, spinning Tony Scott on the wheel in Schmodown the other day. <laughs> I, I did no idea where this was going to go. Okay, and how did it go? I did very well. I would hope so. The questions were all about Denzel movies. <laughs> they were all very specific questions. In which film does Denzel, <laughs> does a film start with Denzel getting out of a car cooler than you've ever seen in your yeah. life. I was like, deja vu. I was like, uh, like, what city is deja vu based in? I was like, oh, that's one I know. Yeah, oh, yeah, that'd, be, that'd be a good yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. But that would ne- it's so specific. Yeah, no one. That would be way too specific. The Denzel five pointer probably is what that would happen because Tony Scott's not on the wheel. It should be though. He deserves his. Own I sauce. think I honestly think that it was one of those things where on the you know we got a few things we need to shout. Did we get through other. No, we got one no, more rule. Let's one get through more one more rule and then we'll get there. Movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's always explosions. Yeah, always because there's a space battle. Star Wars space battles. Uh, so that's the rules of Action Movie Anatomy. Uh, those are the kind of movies that we cover here. Uh, on the show coming up today, we've got a couple of super sweet segments. We're going to rank all Star Wars villains. Each of us have a top five list of our five favorite Star Wars villains of all time. Yep. We've got a call in from an Action uh, Movie Anatomy General, an Action Army General. Paul News is calling in today. Again, we're looking forward to it. Uh, and we're going to be talking about some of, the, uh, some of the questions asked and other things of that nature. In the meantime, guys, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Team Action. This last week we put up Janine, uh, the Machine, the Beans, yeah. top five uh, action movie duos on the page. Uh, what we do is we record like little videos together in front of a big mural of Nick Cage, and then we upload them about ten minutes long. And uh, it, for a dollar a month, you guys get extra content from us every month. Uh, so that's that's what that is. But uh, this week we are shouting out Justin Fawcett and Max Winters, gentlemen, in the Action Army. Yeah, we salute you. Uh, thank you guys so much. And, uh, you know, that means we were starting a new, because we like to pre-tape these and, and get them out. So we've got to start a new little uh, catalog here. So we need top five lists. We've got a few of them out there. And there was a couple things I was thinking of, other ideas we yeah. could do. Yeah. One that I thought was fun was I was sitting, you know, the worst thing ever is going and just sitting in your couch or te- bed, whatever, trying to find something to watch. You're scrolling through Netflix forever. Right. I think you and I should do our top five Netflix picks of the month. Oh, yeah. Maybe for action movies. That'd be fun. Or even not, because I was going through and there's so many good movies. There's Godfather 2. There's Boogie. Nice. Oh yeah, there's, you know, there's some, heat up there right now. Yeah, like heat's on some there. Really good ones. There's a few others that I noticed that were like. Whew, so I think that'd be kind of cool. But uh, yeah, so Patreon.com/slash Team Action. We've got a couple Facebook pages as well. There's an action, um, blah, blah, action movie anatomy fan page, which is specifically catered to this show. And there's also the Action Army fan page, which is catered to our Schmodown personas. Last shout out before we get back into the show is we have a match. In three days, yeah, a live match with over 300 people sold out at the El Porto Theater. Yeah, in, in North Hollywood. Hollywood, in North Hollywood, we're showing up. We're uh, we're going to be uh, taking on the Shire Wolves. That's uh, Clark Wolf and Rachel Cushing, two two phenomenally talented women that we have nothing but respect for in the movie trivia showdown, and we can't wait to play them in a live match and uh, put on display our talents in front of a live audience with all those people 
all those eyes we, just staring at it. We can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. So, uh, uh, so moving on to the let's, show. Let's move on to the show. So uh, <laughs> it, it's yeah, we're going to be talking today on the show about uh, about Empire Strikes Back, and uh, I just can't get over how much Han Solo is just this movie to me. I like I, I ended it. and I was just thinking like I watched Solo and I didn't like it, so that's why we're covering this. Yeah, right. And this, you watch this, and you're like, this is why Harrison Ford was Harrison Ford. He's sweet in Star Wars. He really is. He's great. But in this movie, he just does everything. Yeah, no, this is the movie. This is the Han Solo film. There is no better, more badass iteration of Han Solo ever than an Empire. Than Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, for sure. And and we're going to get to all the sweetest Han moments, plus all the rest of the moments of the movie. Uh, But in the meantime, Marissa Serafini, producer, uh, host. She's up in the booth for us today. How are you doing, Marissa? I'm great, and I'm excited to talk about this film. Sweet. Yeah, Marissa's a big Star Wars fan. She saw Solo this week, and and you said you were were okay with it, right? I was okay with it. It's not a bad film. It's not a great film. I definitely think Empire definitely does better version of Han Solo's character, so I agree with you on all fronts of that. Pretty much, that's exactly how I felt. I didn't dislike it. It just, right. it just didn't do anything for me. Um, but uh, watching Billy Dee Williams in this actually was a good reminder of how sweet Donald Glover is as Lando. Yeah. He's just like, it's just, he just gets it right. So, uh, how you doing, Chewbacca? Let's, let's queue up this uh, <laughs> let's queue up this trailer right now. How you doing, Chewbacca? This is a good trailer. Luke Skywalker I don't know. And Han Solo <laughs> think so. This is amazing. This is a radio ad. Their story doesn't, doesn't end, end there. there. Tune in next week. At Sea Biscuit, rounding the van. <laughs> oh my gosh. In the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. The continuing story of our band of heroes. Wow. Oh, Jesus. Is that Ron Howard? Han <laughs> Solo, C3PO. This is just the editor doing the voiceover, clearly. And introducing Lando Calrissian. It's an epic of romance. Lando Cal... Did you say Lanzo? Lando Calrissian. Yeah. That was Rissian, but I could be wrong. I mean, he's the editor. Of heroes and villains. (laughs) What is? Are you just saying words (laughs) now? I have a new thesis. (laughs) (laughs) They cross trackless. Hey, did you see George? No, he has world. to do the voiceover. It's okay, just get Jerry to do just it. Just get Jerry to do it. Jerry will do it. <laughs> uh, this is worst like, trailer for best movie ever? Maybe, yeah. Is that the is that the contrast? Like this is like George Lucas's adopted nephew doing the voiceover. <laughs> this is what this is. Wow. I'm like slightly offended. <laughs> I I'm I'm shocked. Legitimately. A big new sprawling space adventure in the Star Wars saga. A big the new Empire sprawling Strikes space adventure. Back. My goodness. Wow. Wow. Coming to your galaxy next summer. <laughs> well, it's almost 40 years old, so we got to give it a little bit of credit. I mean, 80, 80 is as old as it gets. Because if you remember how bad the first Blood trailer is, and that's two years later. Yeah, but I almost... Oh, right. I was going to say it's better, but yeah, it's two yeah. years later. That's why. I mean, 80 is like... They still hadn't even really Strap in. Buckle up. I mean, that's kind of what trailers used to be. They, the voiceover like that. Yeah, But that, no. was, that was appalling. Like The, the guy who, they, who did the voiceover there was... It sounded like he was reading off a teleprompter and he didn't actually understand what the words meant. Pretty sure uh, everyone in the uh, live chat is convinced it was Harrison Ford doing the voice. 
heroes, uh, heroes villains villains and there's nothing else that's it okay all right cool. yeah all right sweet so that's the trailer for, that is the trailer so my thesis is that that is the worst trailer for the best movie that's ever been made <laughs> all right let's get into the first segment of our show this is called uh, thesis statements your bold statement about the film you bring the movie up at a party somebody's like blah blah empire You're like well let me tell you the thing about empire strikes back and here's what it is and then you kind of go on a tangent and then they try to interrupt you and you're like i do a show about movies stop talking i know what i'm talking don't about. look at me we don't do that <laughs> Don't do not do not look at me directly do in the eyes. Don't look at me when I'm talking about movies. Um, I've got two. So, do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Uh, you could go first. Okay. So I I run both of these by you. Yeah. The first one is kind of like it's a little playful, but it's also kind of like it's very serious because I. I told you, in the first 15 years of my life, I watched these movies religiously, and yeah. then for the last 15, I have not watched them hardly at all. Yep. And Boba Fett's legacy in my mind mm. is one of the greatest villains in Star Wars history and yeah. I went and watched all three movies the first three movies this week so my first thesis is that Boba Fett is the most overrated tertiary villain in any franchise ever don't you think you could just say he's the overrated villain I mean does he have to be tertiary I think he just because well, he's not the villain he's like not like Vader and Palpatine are the villain he's Jabba, a villain he's I, a villain okay so fine most I, mean, overrated I don't think villain. you have to qualify yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you no, can just I say agree. he's the most overrated villain yeah so he's the most overrated villain in any franchise ever and you know today right. today I started talking I was like what's the boat you're like well, hold on I already know what you're going to say and you, and you did you finished <laughs> my whole thing you were like the fact that he's introduced in, in Empire yeah. and he's not even really in it and then he shows up in Return of the Jedi he wraps that thing around Luke and then he dies like a little bitch like a little bitch yeah. you don't even really get a you get like a sa- you get a burp right. out of the uh, Scarlet it's called it's the Sarlacc pit. Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Um, the other one that I have that's a little more deep was that had George Lucas directed this film, it yeah. would not be even close to as great as it is now. And the reason I say that is because of two things. I think the obsession with Hollywood and the fantastical shows greatly in A New Hope from George Lucas, and it's exactly what we needed. Yep. When he brought on Irvin Kirshner to do Empire. Kirshner even asked him, he's like, why me? He's right. like, I'm old. I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm kind of a nobody. There's Spielberg out there. There's all right. these young bucks that are, like, so talented. And, and Lucas just goes, because you know everything about Hollywood, and you're not Hollywood at all. Yeah. And I think that's why Empire is widely regarded as the best film ever, is because you go and you watch this movie, and the space is just a backdrop. Yep. It is literally just about these incredible, just, just this amazing story being told. Yeah. And, like, I, you know, the fact that that incredible showdown between Vader and Luke happens in, in basically just a room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, because it's not about what's happening. It's about what's being said. Right. You know, so I those are my two. It's the fact that if Lucas had directed Empire, it wouldn't be as good as it is now. I, well, so I think what's interesting about your two theses is that I think your first thesis is something that people think but don't say out loud. Which is scared. Why, which I think is interesting. Yeah. I think that's a really strong thesis. I think your second thesis is just kind of common knowledge. I think yeah. he's a bad director. Well, People don't – like American Graffiti is a great movie for exactly what it was. It was it was a super fun, like, wink to the camera, real, like, real, like, just, like, uh, teenage movie set in the 50s. Like, it's great. It, it does everything that George Lucas likes well without having to deal with any space opera crap. Right. Star Wars is not really great because of the direction. It's just great because of the concept, the, the characters that are introduced. And like the new movies were bad, the 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 prequels, right? So like and he directed the prequels of we did, right? I'm not making that up. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a lot of people complain that he's not a very good director or writer and that's why. <laughs> uh 
so I think a lot of people would agree with you that Urban Kirshner is the reason this movie is so much better, that it improves and the tone is so right. different. So I think that that's interesting, but I think your Boba Fett one's pretty spot on because I, I don't – he's the most, like, idolized, cool-looking character that's kind of irrelevant ever. Like, he doesn't – and you did a really good job of selling him to me this morning – Excuse me, not even selling him to me, but like explaining explaining why it's like the fact that Vader knows who he is and he's like, don't yeah, do right. this this time. So it's like, you know, Vader knows that this guy's got a reputation and it's like yeah. that makes him a badass and he looks cool and he looks really cool and he has the jetpack and Slave One's a sweet name for a ship and it's a cool looking ship. Uh, and the fact that like he's the guy who gets that Han. Vader calls. But yeah, too. but Vader's like, but Vader says to him, he's like, what's he say? Like, no disintegration. Yeah. Right. And he's like, and she's like, oh shit, like he knows that he he's a badass. He's yeah. like, he knows he disintegrates people. He knows about this guy. Um, so I think that's probably why, but then and I'm too burdened my knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So cool. <laughs> but also, but I also think that the other thing is that he shows up. Like I was thinking about this a lot. So he shows up at the end of Empire. He's this new yeah. intriguing character that has this cool ship who's able to track Han that they don't see coming, right? And so he shows up and he takes him in Carbonite. And at the end of the movie, this this movie blew everybody's mind, right? It was so much darker, so different yeah. than Star Wars. So everybody was like, "Wow, the greatest you know sci-fi movie ever made now has an even better sequel." And who was this intriguing, super cool-looking character at the end? Because there was no... Right, because you didn't know it was going to have a Boba Fett. Yeah, there was no internet. Yeah, there was no... Yeah. There was nothing. He was... That's true. He was just for three years until Jedi <clears throat> came out. He was the coolest-looking guy. He's the guy that Vader knows about that captures Han Solo. And, and I think this is also a testament to the fact that social media didn't exist. Is because if social media did exist, Boba Fett's death would have been badass in return. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because everyone would have been talking like, oh my god, who's this Boba Fett guy? Luke's right. dad is Vader? Like, all... You know? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that scene in, in, in uh, The Simpsons. <laughs> it's one of the greatest things ever. It's, it's like a flashback to like Homer and Marge. It's like literally them walking out of the theater and walking past a line of people, and it's like Empire Strikes Back, and like Homer's like, "Who would have thought Darth Vader's Luke's, Luke's father?" He's like, oh, like, oh, "Come on, man! That is that is like the ultimate, the ultimate spoiler." Yeah. Well, so I'll jump that straight into my thesis. Uh, my thesis for this movie is a pretty self-explanatory one, but I think the more I thought about it. Uh, I watched Chris Stuckman's review of this movie uh, that he did a couple years ago, and one of the things he talks about in his review is that this is the greatest reveal uh, ever. And I thought about that, you know, and he, Stuckman's a huge Star Wars fan, so, like, he's just, like, gushing about this movie the whole time. And I love Star Wars. I'm a big fan. But yeah. I realized that compared to people who are truly big Star Wars fans, I'm, like, not a big Star Wars fan. I, like, love them, but I'm not, like, obsessed. Same. Uh, but I, I have to agree. I think that, that that will be my thesis, is that this... Darth Vader being Luke Skywalker's father, even 40 years later, is the biggest and greatest reveal in the history of movies. There's no reveal ever that is more impactful than that reveal. Yeah, there's nothing. It's not even worth debating because it is the most iconic line in film ever. Yeah. No, I am your father. Like, I mean, most people think it's Luke, Luke I, I am, am your father, father yeah. but, you know, whatever. They, the combine, that, they combine, like, Obi-Wan, Luke, yeah. and, like, I am your father. Yeah. It's just... Because what are the other biggest ones in our lifetime? You know, like there's uh, usual suspects. Yeah, you know, right. there's Memento. There's you know, like it's just not the same. Yeah, I mean, because there's definitely, this is there's definitely big reveals. There's character deaths. There's like you know stuff like that. But I mean, just there's nothing. Aragorn would have had to have been Saruman. Yeah, or something. Like you know what I mean? Like it would have had to have right. been something in our because first of all, it has to be a monumental franchise. Yeah. So it would be like so Avengers doesn't really work because it's like we all kind of saw something bad was going to happen. Yeah, I think maybe if they would have just like no, no, even if they just killed Tony, there's just it nothing. Done it. There's just nothing that has, and it's not even about like 
it's not even about the importance of it in the movie necessarily or like that it that Star Wars is more important than anything else. It's about the fact of like that 40 years ago in a time with no social media, what this movie represented, like what it now represents to nerd culture, the fact that like this could have been kept a secret to viewers because there was no Internet. So yeah. it was a true spoiler. And like that all these years later, you think about how like how the franchise has endured and how like these two characters like luke skywalker and darth vader they haven't really been ever equaled or no they're still the two most iconic powerful sought after spoken about characters in the franchise they always will be even if a solo there's no skywalker movie luke movie i mean obviously that's what the yeah. whole thing is yeah but right like, so it's the skywalker trilogy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so i uh, think i think that that's it's the, it's the biggest one ever and I, I know it's maybe a little obvious but i think when you really say it out loud it nah, i like that yeah I think it's I think it's pretty clear. So uh, anyway, that's going to be our thesis statements, guys. We are going to uh, move on to our our next bit of the show, uh, which I think is maybe Paul Denuso. Uh, yeah, I told him to wait till after your thesis, so he's probably calling in a, right about now. Um, okay. But yeah, so Paul's going to be calling in, and then after Paul is off the phone, we're going to hop into the next segment, which is our fist pump moment. Yes. There's a lot of good ones in this movie. I'm really curious as to what yours is because. You're watching it throughout, and you already know everything that's going to happen. Yeah, right. You already know your favorite moments. So a fist pump is really like either you're surprised by something you didn't know was going to come, which is hard, yeah. or it's... There he is. Oh. Good to see you, General. Hello. What's up, Chewbacca? What's up, Chewbacca? How you doing, Chewbacca? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good there. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, man. We're uh, we're <laughs> loving talking Empire. I was telling Andrew that uh, I, there was a thing when I was growing up. We used to always, uh, when you'd see your buddies, you'd be like, hey, man, how you doing? And then if he had like a buddy with him or he's like another buddy, he'd always lean over shoulder and be like, hey, how you doing, Chewbacca? That's just like a thing we always used to joke and say. Uh, I haven't, <laughs> I, I've forgotten that we used to do it. I kind of want to bring it back. How you doing, man? Oh, absolutely. I'm doing great. I used to do that. We used to do that. I love you. I know bits. All my friends, no matter what gender right. we were, I was always going around, I love you. I know. I know. Yeah, that is that is by I mean I'll just I'll just ruin it right now. That's my favorite line yeah. by far and away. Uh so Paul, you know, you and I talked a little bit leading up into this week um and about this movie and what it means to you. So why don't you go ahead and give the listeners um a run? Now, why don't you tell them how old you are unless you're not comfortable doing that cuz I think that really uh is is really important in this conversation and then talk to us about what it was like when this came out and then how it became your favorite of all time. Yeah, I think most importantly, how old you were when you oh, saw absolutely. the movie the first time. That's, yeah, that's that's, that's what question. I mean, yeah. Definitely. I was three years old when this came out. Okay. Yes. And this is the first movie I remember my parents bringing me to in the theaters. And honestly, Sweet. I have very little recollection of that first time, right. except that I was freaked out by Yoda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one else, when Yoda turns and goes, you will be... Ooh, will be. Yeah. Oh, I was freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Frank Oz. But the... then it kind of grew up with me, and like it became like they just inspired this love of cinema and science fiction and Star Wars in general. And I went through these phases along with the movie. Like I became a Luke fan, kind of became a Vader fan at one point. <laughs> went to Han because that was one of my theses too. Honestly, was that this is Han Solo's movie? I went away from it. I have a different one possibly, but that was one of them for a bit. I even tried for a cool Lando phase in college. That didn't work out too well for me. I tried to do the whole like, oh, what here? But I'm not nowhere, nowhere, nowhere near as cool. So I mean, you could, I, I, you know, Paul Denuso is rocking the flat top. You go for the, <laughs> you go for the, start wearing a cape to class. With a cool 45 in hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, uh, Paul, why is it that this is your favorite? What is it? Or actually, you know what? Let me let me rewind there real quick. What is your thesis? 
Okay, my thesis, like I said, it was originally was going to be the Han Solo one you guys mentioned. So I'm going to audible here and throw out one of my different ones. It goes into the, I'd say, the toxicity of the fan base recently. As we all know, it's kind of been like a very vocal minority out there that have really been, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but hand-wringing or whatever. I think that this movie is both the best and worst thing that's happened to the Star Wars franchise. Okay, so explain the, the best. best. You explain easy, the worst. It's easy to defend. You don't have to go into that. Yeah, yeah. The worst part, though, being that it's where basically everyone goes, and that's where they hang their hat on. No movie can ever reach the heights of Empire, and if we're not reaching the heights of Empire, then it's crap. Yeah, it's not all true. It's not everybody, but there's a big, small minority of fans that really hold their hat on that. There's OT, and that's it. And this, this is the main reason why, because Empire was so good. Right. Yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more because like, you know, we've talked about it a lot on the show and when we covered The Last Jedi, I went on a rant about it and saying how Star Wars fans, I think my thesis was that Star Wars fans are the most ungrateful fans in the world because you're getting movies 40 years later that are still massively produced, massive budgets, stars from all over the world. They're written by the best writers, directed by the best directors. And honestly, they're all good. I, I, you know, like you might not like a lot of people didn't like TLJ. Ben and I loved it. It just seems that Star Wars fans have this entitlement about them that other fans don't, even Marvel and comic I book fans. Yeah, absolutely agree. A TLJ was divisive, but most people in other franchises would be kind of like, eh, okay, well, this wasn't my favorite. Move on to the next one. And now, like, affected Solo and everything. I know you guys weren't as big a fan of Solo. I went and saw Solo. I thought it was fun. I mean, nowhere was... near Empire, of course. It's like the second half of my top ten or whatever. But yeah, it was fun, fun enough. Fun enough. I agreed. That's yeah. It's it's just that I don't know if you walked out of it feeling the same way I did, Paul. But like as somebody who actually experienced you know that first movie, and then I'm sure you saw you know Jedi in theaters. Like it, I I had not walked out of a Star Wars movie in my adult lifetime yet, where I walked out and just sort of was like, okay, like where well, are we gonna eat? Yeah, like, yeah. I like just didn't care very much. I, partially, not as much as you did. I, I listened to your review, and I it didn't get that part. Of it. I walked out happy with a lot of the things that happened in it. Happy to have seen it, but partly, honestly, the reason why I felt that way is because of the fan base being so negative on it. Mm. Like Star Wars used to be such a a big like cohesive thing. You'd go with everybody, everybody clapping, loving it, and like it'd be this big positive experience. And that's what led to part of that Star Wars magic. Now that it's getting so divisive, it's like. Almost like you're scared to like it sometimes. It's kind of like, yeah, it doesn't feel as special as it used to be because of that. It was weird to you go know? and watch it in a theater full of, I don't know, whatever it was, like 200 other critics or something like that, who are generally speaking the biggest fans. I mean, those are the, the like, you, yeah. if you got into <clears throat> being a movie critic, you probably love Star Wars. It's almost like a prerequisite. And there wasn't much cheering at all. Like, it almost was, it was pretty quiet theater. I was surprised. Right. Absolutely. And that's, that's what, that's what, unfortunate, I think. I think if, we can all get back to that kind of like mentality of of children and like being excited about it again. I don't know. I'm going to die on that hill though. I think that honestly, like, I mean, the MCU has replaced it in that sense. Like I think if you go see infinity war, Oh yeah. I mean, granted I was at the crew screening of that. So it was all people that worked on it. But I mean, I, the first time I saw that movie, couldn't hear anything. Yeah. Every, every big moment was just the The whole theater was just like losing it. Yeah, absolutely. Gaff's closet. Although I will say, I have to argue a little bit small point of that is also, it's hard to compare Infinity War to Solo because it's like Solo is really like the Ant Man of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, true. Yeah, versus Infinity War, which is like 10 years of culmination of everything. Yeah. Now, I think Episode 9 might be a little bit different, but I don't know if it's Yeah, yeah I, 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 I wonder if Solo coming out right now is going to take away from Episode 9 coming out in six months. You know, like, do you, like I burned well, my. It comes out now in a year and a half. Oh, is yeah, it? Yeah, is yeah. it next? It's, it's 2019. Next December. Ah, uh, shit. So well, that makes much good. more sense if, then. If, yeah. If if Episode Nine was to come out in December, it would be 
It would, the it biggest would, error they'd ever yeah, made. I, I don't know how I missed that. Yeah. Um, all right, so, uh, Paul, another thing we're going to cover on the show today is we're going to go in and rank our top five favorite villains. Um, do you have a Do you have a quick top five you could rattle off or a top three that you want to discuss in order? Um, yeah, I don't have a certain in order. Off the top of my head, I didn't really think about this. And just out of the films, I'm just swinging out Canon Junkie. But, I mean, Vader's obviously number one. I mean, okay. How could you okay. not have Vader as number one? I don't have him as my number one. I also don't, I don't have him as my number one either. Absolutely. Ben and I both have him as our number two, I believe. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. That I'm impressed to say. We've both got okay. Jar Jar Binks at number one. <laughs> wait, 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 who? I'm sorry, who? Jar Jar Binks. You know? Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Yeah, strong. Well, yes, the Dark Lord Jar Jar Binks is that, that he's the true villain of everything Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so you've got Vader at first. Who do you put at number two and three, or, could, or who, who do you think? Based off of all the movies that have come out now, you've seen Kylo, you've seen Snoke. How you feeling? Oh, definitely got to be Palpatine still. Mm-hmm. I mean, from episode one through six, like his subtle machinations, and he was wound the whole thing the whole time. And his like little subtle, even in, he was the best thing about the prequels. I thought honestly, his yeah. background of his little laughters and his little <laughs> behind the scenes you watch him. His so his slimy, so. his, uh, his scene against his final fight against Mace Windu. No, no. <laughs> I love limited power. Yeah, yeah, I love the, yeah. him and Yoda fighting, like oh, just yeah. throwing like yeah, yeah. sections of <laughs> auditorium at each other. Pretty, pretty incredible. Um, right. Paul, is there anything else that you want to talk about? I mean, again, I know this is your favorite movie. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we let you go today? Yeah, do you have a favorite scene, no, I guess? Your oh, fist yeah. Pump, favorite scene, fist pump. Yeah, any of that. All right. Well, I'll do my one fist pump. I try to look for stuff that was not so like, obvious. I mean, there's like the, you know, like something I love you, I know, I, I wanted to say, but you know, I didn't want to go that way. So one of, my favorite, one of my favorite fist pump moments was at the end of the movie, and Luke's on like the weather vane at, at the bottom of Cloud City there. Yep. And he calls out for Leia. And that first one where you see Leia has the force too. She hears his call. Yeah. And then it's followed up by like her saying like, "Oh, I know where he is. I know where he is." And Lando's like, well, "What about those fighters? What about this?" And Lando goes, and then too, he's like, Aah! "Yeah." <laughs> Almost like bites his head off. You're like, "Yeah." <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll go back. We'll go back. Yeah. That. Okay. okay. Exactly. That's true, man. That. I- Sorry, I don't need to catch up. Uh, the other one I would really quickly mention, I love the fact that they, they had the combination of Han and Lon- Lando. They both do the, it's not my fault, at different points of the film. No, yeah, the right. Same exact type of moments. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I totally forgot when watching it this last time around how iconic it is when Leia responds. When you first see her face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she knows. Yeah, totally, because yeah, it's... The- it's the first moment, right? The Jedi theme music behind her, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Because they've also, the foreshadowing as he's leaving Dagobah and he says there's another is like, so then you're like, oh, who? And then that's the that's the big key. And I think as a kid, cool. and I remember you guys, I'm pretty sure as a kid I thought it was Han. Was the Jedi? I thought it was Han because he saved Luke. Really? He's like leading the Alliance. I mean, yeah. you got to remember this was 30 years ago for me, almost 25 years ago for yeah. me when I like remember we thinking kid. about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, Han is the, the, hell he- the pilot. This is Han's movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's the hero. He saves Luke. He goes and survives in the snow. Like, all this shit. I was like, dude, it's him. Yeah. And then when you see Leia's face, I remember just being, like, so blown away. Well, there's some pretty amazing fist pumps. So, well, that's that's a that's a tremendous one. I mean, I obviously, when I when I saw that scene this time, it definitely got me a little uh, goosebumpy because I agree with you. But uh, we are going to get in ours in just a second here. So, Paul, we salute you. Thank you for calling in once again. Uh, we love having you as part of the Army. Uh, we salute you, General. Thank you. It's been a, it's, Can I add just one more thing? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely, man. AMA 
Facebook fan page, Battle Royale is on. Oh, yeah, 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 Get absolutely. there, vote for it. And even if gladiators voted out, I'm sorry. Sorry, yep. Andrew. Yep. It's over. Little but is over. there's a chance, me and Richard are talking, that there might be a wild card in round two. Just keep bringing it back. Anytime work, it though. loses, just bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> what well, one round one is, because we're doing it in sections, right? So round one's over, right? Round one. Well, now round one, we're going through everything. So we still got to go through a lot more in round one because like, we're doing almost every film that you've ever done. So oh, then the winners, awesome. we're doing for okay, groups, good. and the winners go on to round two. No, so so, so the groups. So, okay, so one, two. What one group one? Is group one over yet? I thought it was. Group one was over, and that was Terminator 2. Sweet, uh, yeah. Of course it wasn't. Right now, it looks like uh, Matrix has taken and the Aliens league. won group two. Right. And yeah. Now, Matrix is doing a load on group three. How can point. we not? I mean, it's like yeah. Terminator 2, Matrix, Aliens. We're doing something right. Yeah, exactly. Those are all pretty sweet. Absolutely. Th- all right, Paul. Thank you so much, man. Too, I'll say that it's much. been the greatest honor of my life to serve with you, General. <laughs> <laughs> all right go whoop some tired wolf butt there that's yeah, right damn right all right buddy thank you so much yeah. uh we salute you and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon later brother all right take care man all right so fist pump moments fist pump Cause, moments there's this, so many yeah there's so many so because this him talking kind of gets me queued up a little bit and and thinking about some of the, the stuff in this movie that really does it for me and i think you know there's this movie's beautiful is one of the yeah. things that I noticed watching it. Like the design, the whole entire set design, the colors, the throat, like the, the battle scene between Vader and Luke, like yeah. the orange and blue and the silhouettes. It's just gorgeous. Like they really design the colors well. But I think for me, the fist pump has got to just be the emotional moment is Han. I mean, I love you. I know. And then the like getting lowered into the carbonite and he's like, sure, you have to take care of the princess. Right. And he's like, you got to take care of her. And she says, I love you. And he says, I know. And he kisses her and like music. Just the whole scene. It's just like it's. Yeah. It's heartbreaking because it really reminds you that like if you didn't know what was going to happen and you were watching this in theaters the very first time that this would be just devastating well because doesn't even vader say they're like we don't know if it'll work and he's like well, test it on the pilot yeah, test yeah. It on captain solo yeah captain yeah. solo uh that's so funny dude that was my fist pump too just the scene that scene yeah. i was sitting there and i like I, I like picked up my phone i was thinking of texting you and yeah. i was just but i wanted to enjoy it yeah there's something so just like cinematically perfect about that scene everything the writing the the set design the color yeah. everything the music is so powerful and dude Harrison Ford is just the definition of movie star charisma in that scene. Yeah. The smile, the I love you, the I know, but also caring enough. You got to look at like all the things that you just said. He hits so many different notes in there as the hero, as the man you want to be. Yeah. That when he finally says, I know, and then winks at her or whatever, smiles right as he goes under, you're just like. You're like that's. I want to be him when yeah. I grow up. Yeah, he's like that's. <laughs> the, can that be my dad? That's like, you're like that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. the coolest guy ever. I mean, just the the fact that she says I love you because again, if if you were watching this and you didn't know what was going to happen in the third movie, he's going to maybe die. Right. This could have been the death of Han Solo. Mm-hmm. We don't know. You know. Uh, God, could you imagine? Yeah, if that had been the death of Solo, <laughs> I mean, it would have been one of the greatest deaths in the history of movies. Yeah, I mean, it went. I mean, even when it happened. Force Awakens. In The Force Awakens, like... Spoilers. Yeah, my heart definitely hurt. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen. Of I course. think we all knew that he was going to die somehow in it. But, yeah. like, oh, right. it was pretty sad. It was it was brutal. So, yeah, I, I think... So, we have the same fist pump moment. I mean, I think uh, there's, there's definitely some other ones. I think, you know, there's <laughs> pretty much just, like, everything Lando says. Uh, <laughs> just, like, his whole, like, and what have we here? Like, he's just... His whole, like, charming bit is, like, super awesome because he's just, like, such a dirtbag. Um, 
So uh, Matt Movies here, yeah. Matt Movies 611 says, the whole Carbonite plot came from Ford not wanting to return and wanted Han to be killed off, so Lucas leveled with him by having this in there so that he could, he could have a way to bring him back if they want if they could get him back, essentially. Interesting. I didn't know that. Which I think is uh, super... Yeah, and we knew in the other line is, yeah, Ben told me this morning, the other line, the original line was, I love you too, and, and Harrison yeah. Ford was like, well... He's like, we... when he said that? No, he's like, I, I should, he should say I know. Yeah. yeah. Which is the coolest uh, thing ever. Damn it! I spilled my water. <laughs> I hate spilling my water. I've done it three times, I think, in three years. Yeah, makes makes for the rest of the show very uncomfortable. Remember that show where you spilled it all over yourself in your armpits? Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is that wasn't water spilled. Uh, okay, so uh, is there any other fist pumps you want to talk about? I mean, obviously the the no, no, that's not true. That's impossible. Is like yeah, kind I mean, of a fist pump. Yeah, definitely. I'm your father. Like you know, that's all super sweet. I always. Like I said, uh, I'll see you in hell. That's definitely it for me. Cause like, oh, yeah, yeah. Solo, just like everything he kind of does is just like really, really awesome. The moment when Luke is uh, doing the handstands, bouncing yeah. on one hand and yeah. then on his opposite foot holding Yoda while bouncing the rocks, that was a super sweet Jedi kid <laughs> moment. You're like, look at all the things he's, he's bouncing. doing all these things. God, he understands the Force so well. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching that as a kid. And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> The training. Um, so, well, no, I think that's good. And we have a, we have a lot to cover and not yeah. so much time. So I think we'll continue moving through the show here. Uh, so, all right, let's get on to the next bit in the show. And this is going to be uh, Star Profiles. Now, we did this kind of recently. It's funny. It's the exact same three movies for Harrison Ford that we had written down. Uh, I mean, obviously, save Hanover Street here. Right. When we did Raiders of the Lost Ark a few weeks ago. Right, because you just replaced that with uh, with this film. He does Raiders in 81. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Empire's the year before, right? So it's like almost the exact same thing. We, we've talked about this before, but just, you know, Ford, this was his moment. He was surging, you know? This was like he, he didn't want to come back to do a third Star Wars movie because he was like... Because <laughs> he was too <laughs> big to do a Star Wars movie. He was becoming the biggest guy. Like, he was filming Raiders of the Lost Ark and... Yeah, so... Uh, but anyway, so so that's Harrison Ford. And then Mark Hamill, you know, it's funny. We talk about how emotional these scenes are and, like, the payoff between, like, Luke and Leia and everything and how, in the end, looking back on it, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, they're not really that, like, not to say they aren't talented, but it's like they aren't really that accomplished of actors. They didn't do very much. No, they were like, uh, oh, you mean for the rest of their careers yeah, they in just, general? They yeah, just I didn't mean, do very much. Like they, I, I love Hamill as the Joker and obviously as Luke and everything, but like... And he's got over 300 credits because he's been like a just a powerhouse in the voiceover world for the last three decades. But yeah, it is one of the most interesting things you talk about. It's almost like, I mean, clearly Harrison Ford has the best career and it's almost like James Earl Jones has a better career than these two people yeah, on right. screen. Honestly, I mean, if you look at this, like Star Wars in 77, Corvette Summer in 78, and the big red one in 80, you would think at this point that Luke Skywalker doing two movies in the hype of Star Wars hype would mean that those movies would at least be brought up as like punchlines, but they're not even brought up as punchlines. They're like literally not movies that I, I know anything about. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like Luke was too iconic of a caricature not even a character of like, good of like good and like innocence and all this. Whereas Han was still like a, a badass. He, he was, was like, like a, a guy person. Yeah. And, and like the hero that we're used to seeing. So it is interesting because it's like the Leonard Nimoy thing. Like anytime I see Mark Hamill in anything, you just think Luke Skywalker. Right, right, right. You know, hundred um, percent. Whereas with Harrison Ford, because of what he was already doing, what he had already done and 
the fact that he wasn't the main character, I think, was just like it left him more opportunity to grow. Well, yeah, he got the sweetest role. I mean, he he, yeah. he gets to be the coolest guy. Like he, you know, he gets all the coolest moments, and he gets to be a scoundrel, and he's the the ladies' man, and he's just you know. I mean, even think about even like when the when the when the thing opens and he sees Vader and he doesn't even hesitate. He pulls out the blaster and tries yeah. to shoot him. Yeah, yeah, he's just is the coolest. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that when he does yeah. that. Uh, Jarvie, good friend, he says uh, thesis was along the lines of this is the best movie where the actors and their performances were just okay, and uh, I agree with that. That is that is a, that is definitely a good one. Yeah, because I mean the Luke moment at the end is iconic but it's also kind of a little over uh, overactive yeah i remember telling you this morning it's like kind of hilarious yeah. but also super awesome yeah um should we rank our villains right now i know we're running out of time oh uh, yeah we'll do let's do a quick villain ranking okay. so we, we alluded to this with uh with paul but uh so my number <laughs> my number five is going to be uh, boba fett and i i know you think he's overrated he he isn't like an important villain but he's important in the context of star wars and like posters on people's walls i had multiple boba fett toys yeah you know he's He's just the character that when he showed up in Jedi, you were so excited to see him. Um, and obviously, Jango Fett, you know, they had a whole entire lineage built around the character. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Uh, so, my number five is actually uh, Kylo Ren. Shirtless Kylo Ren. <laughs> you went with Kylo. You went with Kylo. Look at my shirt. <laughs> Look at I'm just, Oh, uh, I forgot I'm not wearing it. I'm going to take my shirt off and wear a cummerbund without a shirt on. <laughs> I think, honestly, Kylo's legacy just is because of how sweet the first trailer is for The Force Awakens. Yeah. And like how badass he looks in it, yeah, with the with the helmet, with the helmet, and actually, like in the end, like have really enjoyed both of those movies, and I actually think he's a pretty sweet villain. Yeah, he really is. I love his sword. I love that he has like the broadsword lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, and he kills Han Solo. Yeah, like that's that was the main reason he finally made it onto my list is that he kills Han Solo. Yeah, the greatest pilot in the whole galaxy. Yeah, they they do a good job with him, and like obviously in the second movie when he bashes his helmet up, like. You know, that's all really cool. So yeah. they shouldn't. I mean, I still believe that he should never have taken his helmet off in Force Awakens. I, same. But it was obviously, I, I mean, I think almost obviously it was just like an agent being like, he has to have at least one scene where you can see his face. Yeah, Adam Driver needs to be in this movie because if Adam Driver's face isn't in this movie, then no one's going to know who Adam Driver is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure that's why the helmet comes off. Which also was good on his agent. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just guessing. I don't know that. But yeah. uh, so that's that's number, your, your number five. My number four is going to be Jabba the Hutt. Oh, uh, that's sweet. Pizza the Hut. Job is uh, like one of the most disgusting creatures in all of of film. Ever. Big slug. He's a big slug. Yeah, he's always snotting and gangster. Drooling. Big gangster slug. Chains up women. Yeah, Ugh. gross. Puts gross. them in <laughs> sexy outfits. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, he's my number three. He's your number. Oh, sweet. Uh, I have uh, Darth Maul at number four. Uh, he's Darth Maul is my number three. He kills so. Qui Gon. He's yeah. double, the dual lightsaber was so sick when we were and kids. And that fight at the end of of uh, with all the doors, Phantom the, Menace yeah. is really sweet. It is, and he's awesome. And actually, you you see Darth Maul. You haven't seen Solo yet, right? Yeah, he shows up in the very end of it. Yeah. Spoiler alert for yeah. everyone. It's funny because uh, most people, like I heard someone mention, like who shows up at the end is a spoiler and all that. Um, if you know the timelines of the movie, it doesn't really matter because, yeah. you know, Rogue One happens, or Solo happens, then Rogue One happens, and then the Force, I mean, and then A New Hope happens. So yeah. it's like you got to already just kind of assume everything if you want to use your brains, that is. Do, uh, do you know who does the voice of Darth Maul in this movie? In, in Solo, I mean? Uh, no. Somebody we know. I haven't seen it. It's current Star Wars champion Sam Witwer. Oh, Witwer is... Oh, he, I actually think I might have known that. He's the voice yeah. of Mark Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Witwer's good. Yeah. Um. Okay, so you did your four and three, so who's your two? My two is Darth Vader. And so is mine. Yeah, so we have both of Palpatine at one. Because. Yeah. After watching Return of the Jedi again yesterday, like... 
God, man, he is just even, you know, Paul even mentioned it in the prequels today. Like he's just the best. That same group of friends and I, we used to uh, play a lot of magic cards, magic gathering. I don't know if you guys know this. I play magic. Uh, but uh, yes, I know. I get it. You don't have to say that loud. <laughs> I'm the coolest guy, you know, I'm aware. I know. Um, yes, you are. <laughs> so we used to we used to put the Star Wars movies on in the background a lot. And uh, we would always we found that we played Jedi the most. And it's because it just becomes funny to, like, say it just becomes funny his to say lines. his lines. Yeah. He's got so many good lines. Like, I love They're just so evil. Yeah. When he's <laughs> like, oh, I'm afraid the shield generator will be quite operational when your friends arrive. You're like, oh, God, you're so evil. <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? I hate you so much. Yeah. Everything he does, even just his smile and yeah. his laugh is like a bit of a little band. He's like the he might be like top five greatest villain of all time oh, like if we did our show or our list again like he's clearly higher than vader yeah if we me. just said that and then yeah man and he's yeah he's just the best vader's really awesome but in the end when you watch all the movies like palpatine is just like he's just pure evil he is the definition of pure evil there's never there's never a wavering moment vader has to have that he has to have yeah. the conflict inside of him yeah for sure uh, uh, so yeah, we have the agreement. I, mean, I love Vader. I mean, Vader is obviously great oh, yeah, and he's super awesome. And I think it's different, probably for us, than it is for if you grew up watching the movies. I think if you grew up watching the movies, Vader was the coolest thing you'd ever seen because Palpatine doesn't become really awesome until the end of Jedi. Yeah. Whereas like Vader is so cool in he's both Star Wars and Empire, and in Empire he's got his like meditation chamber and you see like the helmet and his head and all yeah. that i had like the micro machines as a kid and like little like area on the it was really weird to see um <laughs> yeah don't don't keep talking just stop <laughs> uh it's interesting to watch that final battle in return of the jedi and you notice that like vader like keeps getting knocked down but it's not actually by luke do you know what i mean like he's just kind of weak yeah in it. and right. it's because i mean obviously it's because of the conflict but right I, that scene alone just makes it so like Vader can't be the worst because like Palpatine was just gonna kill Luke, right? No problem. Yep. And the fact that Luke Skywalker could not defeat Palpatine, Palpatine. without Vader, yep, is is like one of my favorite things. Even ever. as like a fully fully formed Jedi Master that just beat Darth Vader. Yeah, 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 for sure. Palpatine's super powerful. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's yes. gonna. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> That's our top five villains. Uh, let's continue through the show. Let's do a little bit of the, these production notes here. So uh, Lawrence Kasdan, uh, we, we talked about him a little bit, actually. He's uh, the writer of, uh, director of Body Heat, writer of Empire Strikes Back, and he sold the script for Raiders of the Lost Ark to Spielberg. So he's a guy that uh, became very well known for writing great stuff, uh, directed some things. Uh, he did write Force Awakens and Solo, but uh, not, the, not the most famous director, but definitely one of these writers where like his name being attached to Empire Strikes Back and Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of just meant that for eternity, he would be credited as a guy like, hey, you can write a Star Wars movie. We'll put it in your hands. Yeah, like, I mean, honestly, it's like you can kind of do anything you want. It's funny, the more and more that we talk about, or the first, since we first mentioned him on the show, like since we did Raiders, yeah. or not the first time we mentioned him, but, you know, more recently, recently yeah. he's just been showing up in everything we've been talking about. Yeah, Showed yeah. Showed up in a Schmodown question. Like, it's just everywhere. Yep. Um... On the other side of that, you have Irvin Kirshner, which is uh, the director of this film, who did yep. not direct the first one, and he did not direct the third one, or yep. the fourth or the sixth, whatever you want to call it. Um, he just did this, and it's it's very interesting because he had no idea why he was ever uh, picked to do this. I talked about that earlier. 
He's uh, he's an interesting director. You know, he he kind of stopped directing after this. He did RoboCop two. Um, yeah, his the, basically the deal with him was that he uh, he was one of the guys that came up working with Roger Corman. So he mm-hmm. got his first opportunities working on kind of like low budget horror movies. And he did a lot of stuff in the sixties and seventies, but he really wasn't a director who made much of an impact. He uh, in the early part of his career, it's only in the final stage of his career that he actually kind of made some things that people really watched. And so his most famous movie is this. Yep. In 83, he did Never Say Never Again, which is that that's the unofficial Bond movie. It's the one that uh, after, after uh, sorry, John Connery left, he came back. Yeah. He did it in 83, the same year that Octopussy came out with Roger Moore. So this is the only unofficial Bond movie, and it came out of the fact that there was a lawsuit against Ian Fleming that was won, uh, and that's why this movie was made. So it's the only one that's not technically in the James Bond canon, but he does play James Bond. And, and then, Blofeld's in it. Yeah. But it's Max von Sydow. In uh, that one? In this one. Yeah. yeah. And that's then, so interesting. Yeah, it's weird. So, it's, so it's like, that's like a weird piece of Shimodan trivia. It's actually, that came up in our, uh, that actually came up in our match. What did? That, the, not the Blofeld question, but the question was what movie came out the same year as Never Say Never Again? The unaf- and then it was, oh, and it was Octopus. Yeah, yeah. And got yeah, it. That is very interesting. Uh, and then Robocop Two was his final like real big movie in 1990, and that's kind of the end. But so I mean, he made these three movies that people really watched in the 80s, and otherwise like didn't really have a career kind of super significant. Um, Lee Brackett's the other writer on the movie. He was a very very big classic writer, having really rose to prominence with scripts like Rio Bravo and The Big Sleep. That's like the 40s and the 50s and stuff. So this is like one of the last things that he ever wrote. He actually wrote this uh, and passed away in 1978 before the movie came right. out. Right, which is so crazy. Like I always feel so, like I feel so bad for people that have like they work so hard and, and they achieve such great ni- yeah. greatness, and it's they never get to uh, experience it. Um, and lastly, we have Gary Kurtz, who we talked about um, when we did the, the A New Hope because. He produced that as well, I believe. Right. Uh, he's known for working with George Lucas on most of his projects and Star Wars films. Um, he did American Graffiti as well, and eventually The Dark Crystal. Uh, yeah. Dark Crystal, excuse me. But for the most part, pretty limited career. Yeah, he was yeah. just kind of one of those dudes that probably made his money, had his fun, and then just kind of went and spent it. You, you never know? really know what those guys, unless you unless you like follow really closely, like kind of why it happens the way it happens. But like, if you have those credits to your name, like, yeah, what you, you, you did fine. Yeah. So uh, moving into box office and critical, this is always fun because it's so <laughs> long ago. So this was uh, produced and distributed by Fox. It cost eighteen million dollars to make. It opened May 21st for its limited release, and I think it opened in April maybe for its wide, or uh, maybe July for its wide, I can't remember. So May 21st, 1980, it grossed $290 million domestic, an additional 247 worldwide for a grand total of $538 million, just over half a billion. In 1980. In 1980, which is unbelievable. It had its limited release. It was still number one at five, or $4.9 million, and then when it opened wide, it opened for an additional $10 million. This movie $10 is... $10 million opening. It's a big opening. It's a big opening. <laughs> uh, this movie has an 8.8 on IMDb. It is the 13th movie of all time. Maybe one of those times when you can't disagree with it, huh? Yeah, I mean, because I mean, I think with this movie, what it did for film, when it came out, what it did for people's careers and legacies, like it's the best Star Wars movie. But if you had to, unless Star Wars: A New Hope is ahead of it on the list, I don't. I think if you're ranking the all-time movies list, I think mm-hmm. Star Wars has to be ahead of it. If you're ranking Star Wars movies, then this is ahead of Star Wars. So you think A New Hope is just because it's more important? Like, yeah, like this is a better movie than Star Wars, but Star Wars is such more of the like important none of movie. That, it's like none of this had been done yet. Yeah, none of it could happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even the most important things about this were still all introduced in Star Wars. I mean, yeah. Vader and Luke and Han and Leia and the whole idea of the Force, it was all introduced in Star Wars. So like, 
you know, like that's, I think it's kind of got to be, is my guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, Rotten Tomatoes, 95 by all critics, 88 by top, and a 97 by audience. Uh, should we get into favorite line? Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Uh, I, so I think, again, it's like... Yeah, I, same one. It's the same one. There's the only other one, which is so funny because you actually said it this morning to me on the phone. Yeah, is there is no try, do or yeah, do, do not. or do not. Right, try not or try not. Yeah, do or do not. There is there is no try. Yeah. yeah, I mean because like this movie, if you think about Return of the Jedi, which we, you and I agree we like more, it's it's my favorite. I, movie. I truly do like it more. Uh, uh, but that doesn't mean like there's almost nothing in Return of the Jedi that's quotable in the way that this movie's quotable, right? Like yeah. Like, all the stuff he said, I love you, I know, and do or do not, there is no try, and I'm, I'm your, your father. father. It's all from Empire Strikes Back. So, do or do not, there is no try, says, yeah. says Marissa. Thank that you. Is it. Um, he starts it off with saying, try not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote it down. Um, um, yeah, it's such, such a brilliant line, and Yoda, Yoda was like the ultimate, yeah. the ultimate badass. And I, the fact that they make him finally, you get to see him battle in the first three, yeah. <laughs> even though it's kind of ridiculous. It's, it's not it's my favorite. super ridiculous, <laughs> but like, at least we kind of got to see it. Yeah. I, I remember talking today, guaranteed at some point we're going to end up covering one of the prequels on here. Yeah, and I was like, it's got to be Revenge of the Sith. I think that all that's going to happen if we produce one of the sequels is we're going to basically just do our, our like, Charlie Hunnam, except it's just going to be Harry right. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Just doing his voice the whole time. Padme. Pa- <laughs> <laughs> Padme. You're killing me, Padme. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I, yeah. I'd like to do some improvisational comedy. Improvisation. I can't now, Liam. I can't. You guys need to watch that video. Yeah, it's, it's very funny. Also, you guys should go and watch uh, online. Type in YouTube. Um, just uh, parents reveal Darth Vader to their children. Oh, I've never it's watched this. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Because like kids obviously have the most authentic reaction. They're just like... Like, they're, some of them cry. Some of them are like, yeah. no, Dad, <laughs> no, what? You know, like, yeah, it's, right. it's pretty it's pretty amazing. So uh, check that out if you haven't. Um, all right. Do we have any AMA questions that we want to answer on today's show? I think we're a little short on time. I think so. we answered most of them. I mean, honestly, it sounds like you and I both, like, return more. We both think Palpatine is the best villain. We think Empire is probably the best in the whole franchise. Yeah. Uh, we think that yeah. A New Hope is a better film overall if you're including all cinema. I mean, um, yeah. I think we covered most of the bases. I think the final battle in Revenge of the Sith is uh, high is, on my list. Yeah, I get chosen. I have the higher ground. Yeah, we have an irrational you love for that movie. You are my brother. <laughs> yeah, I, I've watched that scene like at least 10 times in the last six months. The, the final 30 minutes of Revenge of the Sith, Sith is really sweet. That's when they put him in the suit, too. You finally see it, huh? No. no. <laughs> Which is lame. Which is really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, man. There's the three action movie categories. Yeah, three action movie categories. Just totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, ridiculously legitimate. Uh, totally ridiculous. That's going to be like Demolition Man, Face Off. Just really silly. Uh, very fun, but totally absurd movies. Totally legit. That's like Lone Survivor, Gladiator, uh, The Fugitive. You know, movies that are really held mm. together dramatically. They, they're, they're driven by at least like one really strong thing, uh, and they don't really ever make you laugh unintentionally. They're kind of classics. And then... Uh, they just take themselves very seriously well. And then the middle category is ridiculously legitimate, and that's going to be movies like The Rock, Predator, Point Break, Speed, John Wick. They, uh, they, they're kind of... <laughs> super enjoyable. Super enjoyable, driven by like at least one principle that's like an amazing performance or like one scene that's incredible, but on the whole, you do laugh a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I don't... <laughs> maybe this is in the middle category? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's. I think it's totally legit. It's just that like there are definitely things in this movie watching now where like this it, the effects of age or yeah, like it's the a, effects of age, like the Yeti in the beginning like made me laugh when it yeah, first popped up. There's just some stuff when you watch that seems like a little bit like a low budget sci-fi. Yeah. 
Uh, Jonas just wrote here, totally legit with reservations. I might just piggyback on that. Yeah. Because I do think it's totally legit, and I think that time is a disservice to this film, and I also think that, like, the fact that I'm not seeing it for the first time and that he didn't just discover that Darth Vader was his father makes me laugh at Mark Hamill's performance a little bit. Yeah. You know, but I wonder if in theaters when that happened, how I would have felt. Yeah, right. It was probably really powerful. I think you probably got to go totally legit. Yeah. I think I think I think totally legit with reservations is about correct. That's uh, that's about correct. So, uh, guys, there's only one last thing left to do on the show here, and that's going to be called the pitch. So, uh, we are coming up on a period of time now where Ocean's Ocean's Eight is going to be hitting theaters. Yes. So we uh, we have taped Ocean's Eleven because I'm going to be out of town, but that's going to air week after next. So I, I I know we wrote down our whole schedule. What are we doing next week? That's what we have. We have well originally I think we were supposed to, but then I was gone the next week, so we had to do Ocean's Eleven for the next week. Well, so this is what I have here is that you know that that next week is Ocean's Eleven on the docket, but since you are going to be in town, maybe we do Ocean's Eight if it's good, or maybe we well, do. Will it be out yet? It opens Ocean's Eight doesn't open this Friday; it opens next Friday. Oh, okay. So, well, it sounds like you and I are going to have to figure out what we're going to do. Maybe do like a yeah. There's maybe probably... we do Prisoners. <laughs> you got so excited. Next week we're doing prisoners. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I freaking love that. I movie. know you're fine with it. Uh yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure what we're gonna do. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it, but let's let's just wait till after the show and clarify it online. Yeah, okay. Terrific. Uh guys, if you want to follow along with what we're doing, you can find me personally at Ben Bateman Media, Twitter, Instagram. You can also find my content daily on Nerds and Suits at Nerds and Suits. Uh check it out. It's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, it's everywhere you can find uh, uh podcasts. It's about seven minutes of content a day. I review every film. You'll see my review, my review of a drift coming out tomorrow morning. Yeah, which uh, we'll see if that's any good. Yeah. I hope it is. Uh, guys, I'm Andrew Guy. You can find me at Andrew Guy on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me here every Wednesday, and you can find me also on the Popcorn Talk every Friday at around 10 a.m. Yeah. The Unproduced Table Read. We do reads of unproduced scripts, and we do Q&As with the writer afterward. It is super awesome. And also, last thing, if if you guys are in L.A. and if you got a ticket, since they're already sold out, Ben and I look forward to seeing you guys on June 2nd at the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood. We're very excited to play in front of all of those people. It's going to be great. Where's the belts? Where's the belts? Yeah. See you guys next week. See you guys. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.